Good morning. It is good to be here with you. I know many uh, this morning are either thinking of or on their way or to their spring breaks. We have, uh, I was talking to Chris Popa uh, just a little while ago, and some of them are off to Hilton Head. And he talks about the sacrifice of going to Hilton Head for a week. I say, man, that's something else. And you have the baseball teams, uh, the baseball team and the softball team. They're all heading out to sunny, wonderful Florida. And they're going to be there having a good time, honing their skills, playing ball from sunup till sundown. We thank God for their sacrifice. <laughs> and then there are those of us who are out to L.A., yeah, <laughs> we're out to L.A., and um, we thank God for that opportunity. Uh, we've, we've, in the past week, we've had to deal with some details, but we thank God that, that we are not the ones in control, that he is, and as we go off and try to support those that are doing ministry there, we know that the Lord will be with us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity one more time to hear from you. We pray, O oh God, that, that even during this time that we will sense a measure of your presence. That you would open up our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to respond. May everything that is said be to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to thank, I think, <laughs> the chaplain's office for this opportunity to share. Um, we really appreciate that. Uh, we're going to use um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 to 20 to, to, for the, as the basis for our talk this morning. The verse goes as this, and it's a, it's a well-known story. It says, one day Jesus was teaching. And Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, Friend, your sins are forgiven. I've read this story so many times, and I can't imagine the kind of um, tenacity it must have taken for these Three people, or maybe I think it, it, it should have been at least three, going in to see Jesus through the roof. But one part of the story talks about that they had to go through the roof simply because Jesus was crowded. The place to go in that door was crowded. They couldn't get in. Here was somebody in need and couldn't get in. I attend a church in Dorchester, Second, Second Church. It's a wonderful place. It's a building 
that's a couple hundred years old, and we have all kinds of artifacts that go back to the, um, to the Lincoln presidency. Or, I'm, I'm sorry, not just his presidency, but his run for president. We go back a long time. Right outside the church, right outside the church property, there's a park. And in that park, um, that's right next door, every day when it's warm, we have folks that are there that are alcoholics and, they, and, they, 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 and drug users, and they're right there. And we come in every Sunday morning, and, or it might be a, a, a Wednesday for, for, for Bible study or, or activities all during the week, and many of us, we bypass those people. And somehow I began to think about this in reference to, to, this, to this passage of Scripture. And somehow we are the ones, because it says in the Scripture that the, that, that the Pharisees and teachers of the law, they were the ones that were sitting there with Jesus. And somehow I want to think that, my, that those people might be us. Crowding out those that crowding out those that needed to get in, that needed to see Jesus. Those people that are in the park, they needed to get in. And I wonder a bit about why aren't they able to? Or how do we crowd people out? Maybe it is that um, <laughs> they don't smell as sweet as we do. Their use of perfumes are not as sweet as the ones we wear. Maybe it is that they might feel that they might, that, that we would be offended, or maybe what, the way we look at them, we give an attitude that you don't belong here. That, 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 that physical crowding out of those folks, because though, though they sit right out there, none of them come into the church. None of them. Recently, in, uh, in, in, in the past few months, we've been involved in an effort to make a change there. Because they're going to change the park, and the city's going to come in and change the park. And, 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 and their initial, this, the city's desire was, was to push those people out. And what we, and what we said was, no, we're not going to just push them out and put them somewhere else. We're going to try to do something in the church. And this is what we're trying to do. So thank God that he has begun to open our group, our congregation, that part of God's ministry to open up ourselves so that these people aren't crowded out. But I want to focus a little bit on those people that were trying to get in to see Jesus. I'm assuming, and I, and I want to take some liberties here, I want to assume that they were friends, Right? Here they are with somebody that's lame, and, 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 and they're, trying to get, they're trying to get him in. I want to assume that they were friends. I want to assume that somehow they cared, and they want to get in, and, and, and because he, the one on the mat, that was, he needed to see Jesus. They were friends. Huh. I have a friend, um, Greg. Gregory, Gregory is one of my oldest friends. He and I have known each other since we were, at, I think I was about 12 years old. Greg and I, has, uh, we, we, we come from the same town in, in Trinidad. He, um, we went to the same school, came to this country right around the same time. 
our kids, um, uh, we are godparents to each other's kids. That's my friend. That's my friend. The thing about it is, Greg, Greg and I, because of our proximity and similarities as to where we came from, it was much easier for us to be friends. And I would imagine those folks that were bringing the, 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 the guy on the mat, they were all Jews from the same area. It was easy for them to become friends, to develop that, 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 that mandate that, that the Lord says, that uh, be, 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 love your neighbor as yourself. I think it was relatively easy as it was, as it is for me and my friend Greg. People tend at that time, and even with Greg and I, that we lived, and we lived close together. And I wonder, what would that look like for us today in terms of how we develop relationships? Who do we develop relationships with? Canaan, could you put that map up, please? We would think that in today's world, somehow, that this tendency for us to live with people different to us is less. This map that we see of the U.S. here, and, 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 and we break it down in just a minute, it was done in 2013, and, 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 it's, and, and it's a map of dots. And each dot, it's close to 309 million dots. Each dot represents one person in, in the U.S., as taken from the 2010 census. There's a color code there. Blue represent the, um, uh, what, what, what the, uh, the federal government classified as white. Green, black, Asian, red, light brown or close to yellow, or light, light brown, Hispanic, and dark brown, Native American and multiracial. Show, show me Boston, please. Look at Boston. Look at the reds. Look at the whites, uh, the, 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 the blues. Look at the greens. What we see, even within Boston, there is a tendency for, for people of, 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 that are the same, racially, end up in the same areas. That's not just Boston. Take a look at New York. We have some people here from California. Let's go to California in San Francisco. We develop, we, we, you, we, in terms of the people that we grew up with. For, for some of us, we grew up in, in multiracial, multicultural setting. But for most of us, we grew up with people just like ourselves. So those relationships that we develop, those, 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 those good friendships that we develop are people that look like you or me, that are similar. Which brings me to the point that we live right here at ENC. We attend ENC, and this is a special place. This is a special place, simply because we are not like the outside world in that we all live here together. 
our population, as we know, is over 50% white, which means we are about somewhere between 44 and 46% students of color. Whoa! We live in a special place, a really special place. And hopefully, we can take advantage of that. Hopefully, we can take advantage of that. A few weeks ago, right here in chapel, we had students that came up and they shared a bit about their own. Thank, thank, thank God, JD had the vision and followed through on it. We had a few students that came up and shared about their experiences here. Are you with me? They shared their experiences here in, their, in terms of their own um, uh, 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 racially and culturally. Some of it was painful to hear. Some of it I loved and I thanked those that did it, but for a lot of us it was painful to hear. And it was also saddening to me, and simply because it sort of, it, it, it sort of indicated that, that, that we don't talk as much as we need to. A couple of weeks, uh, not a couple of weeks ago, a couple of days ago, we had what we called Honesty Hour down in PD Lecture Hall. And a few, few came, came together and, and, and started to, to, to sort of, uh, the, the, the hour was supposed to talk a little bit about, um, uh, uh, let's ask questions about race and culture that, that we normally don't. Let's, let's have an Honesty Hour. And as soon as we began to talk and, 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 um, and got over the, the sort of a, um, the easy questions and we started to get into stuff, we realized that some people were pained. Some people were struggling. We had black students there. We had white students there. We had a couple of um, Hispanic students there. And people were pained because they cared Two things. Well, well, more than two things. They cared. They cared. They cared for the other, and they cared about their own survival. There was a student. There was a student there. Um, there was a student there that began to share how she was hurt. It was a black student. And there was a white student there that, that began to say, well, I didn't know. And there was a coming together that I thought was a wonderful and beautiful thing. But coming out of that discussion, and as we ended up coming to the end, they began to say, one of the challenges is, it began to say, we don't have those deep relationships and discussions that we need to across racial and cultural lines. We don't have it, and we need it. See, are we going out on, are we going out on, on, um, on, on missions trips? Youth in Mission is here, and we go out, and we do all kinds of wonderful things. What's beginning to challenge us is that what are we doing with our neighbor? What are we doing with our neighbor? I hear in my role, I, 
I, I hear of students of color and, 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 and some of the pains that they, that, that, that they uh, possess. I hear about some of their frustrations that come from their brothers and sisters in Christ and how those things affect them. I hear from, I hear from white students about, hey, I don't want to be bashed again. I, I, I don't want to come into a session and feel guilty. And I get that. I get that. But you see, each of us are made in the image of God. And when one hurts, when one hurts, they are valuable enough such that we can be uncomfortable in relieving that hurt or pain. You see, most of us experience ourselves as good and moral and decent human beings. We do, all of us. And to hear at some point that, 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 that to hear something that, that, that maybe you're doing things wrong, or maybe this, as, as um, Montague mentioned about this habitus that sort of impacts our lives that we don't even know, and and, and, and on our goodwill and good intentions that we might be doing things that, that, that sort of impact another might somehow make us a bad person. It does not. You're the same good and decent person. What we need to do is to change our ways, deepen the, our own sense of self, have some sort of reflection, and change our actions. But that will only come if one, we see the other as valuable enough, valuable enough to make that investment, to make that commitment. There's a human tendency there's a, towards the comfortable and the familiar. You know... <laughs> Um, a few weeks ago, Michelle and I, my wife, Michelle and I were um, coming back from New Hampshire. We went to drop off some stuff at my niece that's going to school up at Plymouth State, I think. And we're driving back. We're driving back. And it was about 5 o'clock in the evening. And we're approaching Manchester, uh, Manchester. Is that the way you pronounce it? Manchester. Approaching Manchester. And we're saying, all right, well, let's stop and get something to eat. And we're heading, and, and we're coming into Manchester, we're driving around. I don't know Manchester. It's the first time, well, I think it might have been the second time. I don't know Man, Man, Manchester. So we're driving around, and, and we're looking at restaurants. We, 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 um, we, uh, you know, we get on our phones, and we're searching for places, and this one or that one. And, and as we see a place, we're looking at it, and saying, nah, I don't want to go there. And we go, no, we want to go there. And, 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 and no, we don't want to go there. And simply, you know what we ended up doing? coming right back here and going to our homes and getting something to eat. But guess why? We did not want to, at least, we did not want to go into a place. It's Manchester, New Hampshire. Mostly white people. I don't know if they were going to treat us good, bad. I don't want my antenna to be up. I had some presuppositions that did not allow me or us to engage 
I was looking at that situation or those situations through the lens of my past experiences. We did not, in that particular case, trust God. Our Lord says that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves and we are to trust him. I, 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 I've, I've got to say that somehow, somehow, we have got to, we have got to make a commitment, a commitment to love our neighbors as ourselves. Now, I'm not calling you to do this piece, but Jamaicans, um, they, have, they have a saying, in fact, Rastafarians, I'm not promoting Rastafarianism, all right? I'm not promoting Rastafarianism. But, 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 but they have a saying that I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful. When they meet up a brother or sister that's, 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 a, that's a Rasta or a brother or sister, you know what they call them? I and I. In other words, you are so close to me that I call you I. That's loving your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. Hopefully, hopefully, we will not conform to the, not conform to the ways of this world, but somehow, somehow by the renewing of our minds that we will be able to love our neighbors as ourselves. The Bible doesn't say much about how we are to renew our minds. It does not. But I have a couple of things to share with you. Make a commitment. I want to ask you, please, and, and, and I've asked this um, uh, uh, to groups that we've spoken to, Please, put it out your vocabulary that you don't see race or culture. Put it out your vocabulary. Take it out. Move it. I don't know where. And, 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 because what it says, and, and we get the sentiment that you treat everybody equally. I get that. But put it out your vocabulary. Because what it says is that I am seeing everybody the same. Which means I'm only seeing you based on my own perspective. My own vantage point. And that diminishes the other. Differences are good. Differences are good. But we need to be stepping into the shoes of another. So, I, a couple of things I want to suggest. One is that you interact and develop meaningful relationships with people different to yourself. In terms of race, culture, and, ethnic and ethnicities. Learn about your own biases and fears. I, I, I'm, I'm, I have a couple more minutes. I, I, as, a, as a man, as a man I, I, I consider myself to be a champion of, um, of, of, of the, the equality between men and women. I believe myself to be as such. My mother um, went to Bible school with men in her time, which included my father, and she was the valedictorian in her class. All of them were able to go off 
and become pastor. She was expected to be a housewife. She became an elder in the church, but she had to be a housewife. No, that's not going to be it. Yet still, yet still, my, my, um, <clears throat> uh, the, the woman that used to work in her office, Cheryl Stone, had to tug me on my coattail a few times because of my, my, my sexist tendencies. Are you with me? I'm still a good person, I think. Still decent, I think. But I had to be made uncomfortable because I cared about the woman that I work, care, and love, and respect. Learn of your own biases and fears. Be open to discussions of your attitudes and how they might hurt others and, or, or, or how there might be real bias on, on your part. Um, uh, we conducted a workshop a few days ago, and Brad did a wonderful job of sharing about implicit bias. Another thing is be an ally. Stand against all forms of discrimination. One, one piece on our end. When the two, when, when those friends brought the layman into the, to see Jesus, they busted open the roof and they laid him in. He was lame and needed a doctor. As they came in and in front of everybody and brought him before Jesus, They were looking for a doctor, but they found a savior. In terms of how we relate, as we draw closer to each other, sometimes we're going to find someone that might need help in some way. Maybe it is in the pain that they might be experiencing. Maybe it's a, 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 a experiences of their own physical, psychological, or what have you. But you might be the one to bring someone else to Christ. Maybe it is to address their pain. But in that moment, you'll be doing the Lord's work in bringing them and finding a Savior. This is hard work. This is hard work because it calls each and every single one of us to look at ourselves, to look at others, and value them as they are made in God's image. Now, do we have a commitment that this is something that we can do? In the name of the Lord, that this is something that we can do. That somehow, as you look around and you see the different faces that you could commit But in addition to, because I don't think it's bad, in addition to um, sitting in your special places in chapel and sitting in your special places in, in, um, in the cafeteria, that somehow that you'd be able to make friends and get to know and share and have deep dialogue and, 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 and be able to address the hurts and pains 
of your brothers and sisters. Do we have a commitment? Do we have a commitment? We have a commitment? Say amen. Amen and amen and amen. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you that you are here. That you've created this special place. So, Father, by experiencing the peoples that you have placed within our midst, Lord, we are better able to experience you. That you are able to empower us, O oh God, to do the more difficult things that go beyond the comfortable and the familiar. That you could give us the courage and, 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 and inspire us, O oh Father, to transform our minds. We pray, O oh God, as we go from here in your presence, that you'd go with us. Touch every mind and every soul. And may we be more like you as we interact with your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in God's grace and in his peace.